You are tuning in to For Better Self and Net Worth Podcast. This is a podcast where I encourage you to live the life of your dreams by adopting the right mindset, navigating through tough challenges, and respecting your bank account. I interview entrepreneurs and empire builders from across the globe as they share how they have come to live the lives of their dreams and the challenges they had to break through. I also have a few solo episodes where I talk about the lessons learned and navigating in a world full of naysayers, negative mindsets, and money grabbers. I personally believe that attitude is everything, and with the right attitude, you can get the life that you dream of. I'm so glad you're on this journey with me. If you're listening, make sure you have hit the subscribe button, and on Apple, give me some love by leaving a review. Most of all, I hope every episode you hear on here leaves you inspired and on fire to live your best life without breaking the bank. Hey everyone, welcome back to hopefully one of your favorite shows. We're going to talk about the net worth portion of For Better Self and Net Worth. I have with me Michael Ann Valtera. Michael Ann has been featured on Forbes Magazine, USA Today, and Credit.com. She's a Seattle-based money coach and an author. On the side, she enjoys tango dancing and the way that she has been able to make time in her life for what she loves for hobbies such as tango, tango dancing. I would say tango dancing. <laughs> but she's been able to make time for that by escaping the golden handcuffs. And she's going to talk to us a bit today about escaping the golden handcuffs and what she does exactly as a money coach. So Michael Ann, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell everybody what you're about? Oh, hello. I'm so happy to be here. I love your podcast. Um, it is so fun huh. to be able to talk to you. Yay. Um, yeah, I'm a money coach and I do live in the Seattle area. I've got clients all over, um, some in Europe, but mainly the United States. So that's a great question. What is a money coach? I think that the the easiest way to say it, Ella, is that it it used to be that people could see a financial planner if they had investments or maybe a credit counselor if they were frustrated with debt and paying off debt. But I found that the majority of people have both, that we want to build net worth, we're struggling and not wanting to you know, carry credit card debt or student loans or all that. And neither of those fields is super versed in the emotional side of money. So money coaches look at both. We look at both the practical side of money. You know, how do you manage your cash flow? I, I hate the word budget. I'm more into like, how do you create a nourishing spending plan so that you can learn how to really control all the money in your life the way you want, right? But it's really also about how to not be stressed, how to not be anxious around money. And, you know, women are, as we all know, just as smart as men and we handle money differently and we feel differently around money in general and, you know, investments and spending and things like that. So it's, it's nice to be able to go, okay, let's talk about, you know, women and money and, and dive into that. And, you know, a lot of this, of course, does apply to men as well, but I love talking about women and money in particular, because we just haven't talked about it enough in our society, in my opinion. Absolutely not. And there used to be a lot of anxiety around when we're talking about money. It's like, I grew up in a society that says, don't talk about money, don't talk about politics, don't talk about religion and what happens. There's tension created around it. 
all three subjects. Right. The other thing too is, you know, and our companies will tell us, hey, don't talk about your salaries. But how are you supposed to know if you're getting paid fairly if you're not discussing that among other women? Yeah. Well, you know, the the truth is men do talk about it. So I think that that part of it is sometimes women hear these, we'll say, you know, rules and we follow them. Right. But why? You know, men aren't following them. I mean, men talk a lot about money and they treat it a little bit more as, you know, a game. I mean, again, I'm being a little bit simple in saying that. Um, But, you know, they are sharing a lot of information and with each other. And I I think it's changing. I do think that women are more and more getting used to, you know, talking about money with each other, sharing financial information. Um, And also we're getting used to negotiating more, not just taking what we're given, which unfortunately has been true for many, um, many women. And that's one of the big things we want to change. Negotiating is key. It's, you know, if you've got credit card interests, chances are that can be negotiated. Mm-hmm. When you're buying something, how about not everything is, you know, haggable, but a lot of times when a woman goes in to buy a car, I know I've had that experience where I was highballed. Found oh, the same totally. car. Yeah, same this Absolutely. Or at CarMax for $10,000 less, even had less mileage on it. Oh, and, you know, we've all seen how they seem to charge women more for everything. Like, why does dry cleaning a blouse cost more than dry cleaning a men's shirt? You know, I mean, that type of, right? Why do women's haircuts cost more than men's haircuts? So, yeah, I mean, it is a cool thing to get into the conversation around money because there's a lot of power in, in talking about it and sharing information and also just sharing our experience with each other, sharing our feelings around it. I mean, ultimately, we want to feel safe. We want to feel secure. And, you know, I find that a lot of women carry a lot of guilt and anxiety around how they're handling money in the present. But, of course, we also want to feel like we're going to be okay in the future, right? And so it's like, yeah, both. We want to feel like we can go to, you know, Hawaii or wherever vacation place and we've got the money. We don't have to feel guilty about the financial choices we're making, and we're taking care of ourselves and, and, you know, our futures, our children, all of that. So there's a lot in the subject, isn't there? Yes. And you think when society has certain expectations out of us, when I hear about women and money and have an anxiety around it, a lot of times when women make money, they feel like they have to trust a certain way to make that much money. Or, you know, there's a lot of spending and, you know, people could spend on money on whatever that makes them happy, but they feel like they have to wear more expensive clothes or they have to spend money on other things like on their appearances, AKA keeping up with the Joneses, mm-hmm. you know, being influenced by society and women being told to follow the rules. Do you mm-hmm. think they're more likely to fall into the trap of quote unquote, keeping up with the Joneses that, you know, that lifestyle bloat? Yeah, so that's a good question. So what what's interesting is, you know, men are just as likely to be spenders as women, and they're just as likely to be overspenders as women. Um, it's just that it tends to look different. You know, men will spend on sometimes, for example, more hobbies, whereas women may spend more on clothes. So I think women have gotten a reputation for being the foot spenders, 
But part of it is women are tasked with more of the consumer buying for households. So we're, we're portrayed as being the spenders, but really it, men are just as likely to be spenders as women are. I think that the keeping up with the Joneses, though, that's a really important conversation because, you know, men or women, if we are keeping up with what we think we should be doing, we're living someone else's life. Right. And we're also never really going to meet it. We're always going to be spending more and more and more because we see what's being posted in you know, whatever social media feed is of the day. You know, today we're going to say Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or whatever. You know, um, when your listeners hear this podcast five years from now, they'll be in some other social media app comparing themselves to, you know, somebody. But I, I think that it really goes to getting into what do you need versus what do you want? And, you know, I had just as a quick example with the keeping up with the Joneses, I had a, a client where she really wanted to consider, believe it or not, making less money because she wanted to think about taking a job for a nonprofit that she loved. But she was in a tech position making really great money and she was stressed. And she was like really stressed, but she was also feeling like, oh my God, I'm locked into making this much. I have to make this much because I need this much for my lifestyle. And as we were going through um, what I call a, a spending plan, we were playing with different needs and wants. And we were looking at how much money she was about to spend on landscaping for her house. Now, I know her secret passion is uh, pottery and she really wanted to put a kiln in her basement. But, you know, I don't know how much you know about kilns, but that's expensive. Like you don't just go build a kiln in your basement for less than, I can't remember, like 5,000 or, you know, it, it was a big, big expense. But she was saying, oh, I can't afford it. And I said, well, but you're spending more than that in landscaping. And she said, well, yeah, but you should see my yard. It looks horrible compared to the neighbors. And I thought, ah, there's the Joneses, right? It's like, here she is spending money so that she looks good compared to her neighbors, whereas her heart's desire was to build this, this kiln in her basement where no one would see but her, right? But, you know, it goes to what do you need and what do you want? What she truly needed was to really fulfill her own heart's desire, not keep up with the Joneses next door. You have the lines in the yard. Have the lines in the yard, exactly. The big <laughs> bushes. And, you know, all of that, the curb appeal, right, that she kept seeing all over the neighborhood. But it was spending money for other people's perceptions. And the truth is, she wanted to be able to live on less and take a different job and not have to keep up this lifestyle for other people. Do you think that a lot of people who get the heart, the high paying jobs, the tech jobs, the finance jobs, the medical jobs, People who get those jobs, do you think they kind of get caught in that trap of having to drive a certain car, look a certain way, live in a certain area? Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you know, it goes to your, what I, I call your money personality. And I know you've talked to, you know, plenty of um, money coaches on your show and there, there's all sorts of different money personalities. But the way I would call it is that the two largest money personalities are what I call the liberty personality and the safe harbor personality. And liberty personalities are very motivated by freedom. And so they tend to, I don't want anyone to tell me what to do with my money. I spend the way I want, how I want versus a safe harbor personality 
is very security-based. They tend to be the savers. So it's another way of saying the savers and the spenders. And so, you know, neither and the, neither are wrong or bad. There's nothing wrong with being either of those unless you're in the extreme. So those two personalities are just as likely to become the lawyer or the high-paid doctor or the high-paid whatever the profession is. But once you've got this really high-paying job, different personalities react really different, you know, and some get so excited about all the money they're making to be free, to go on traveling and vacations. It's hard to suddenly think about potentially spending less, even if it meant having a job that they liked more. And, you know, so that's this whole notion of like the golden handcuffs. And we feel locked into having to earn so much money. And and the truth is, well, do you, you know, I mean, do you really need to make that much? Or maybe you do, but is there a way to um, be happier and more fulfilled? Exactly. And you think that's why people get caught in professions that they're not happy in? Yeah. Chasing that dangling carrot? Yeah. I, I'm always amazed how many people, when they look back on their career choice, it didn't come from a deep soul-searching place it came from, I mean, for, for many of us, it's because it's something our parents wanted us to do, right? Or we were worried just about the money or we fell into it or this or that. You know, I mean, we're all doing the best we can. And this this happens to men and women alike. So it's just interesting to kind of wake up sometimes in your 40s or 50s and go, oh, wait a minute. You know, am I living the life that I most want? And that does include looking at career And, you know, as a money coach, one of the most important things that I think for us to do is to look at how much money do we need, right? And I'm not talking about retirement. That's a different question. That is super important too. But I'm talking about on an annual level, the lifestyle, when you build the life that you want, what does that cost? And, you know, it's interesting how many people pick professions without knowing how much money they actually need or want to make. Very good. Very good. And what I imagine too is when people are coming to you for advice, they've probably been through the financial planners. They've probably looked at the budget, but they're coming to you very stressed. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to have somebody that's going to support, you know, the emotional needs and know, you know, some ways to get to where they want to go. The, what I always say is the difference between a therapist and a coach is. Therapists will help you get the weeds out of the garden, but a coach helps you plant what more of what you want in that garden, plant the flowers that you want to grow or the fruits and the vegetables that you want to grow. That's, yeah. that's how we see coaching versus therapy. Mm-hmm. What yeah. are the past versus future is the other way I say it. And you're looking at past issues that have caused yes. whatever to being, being more future focused. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so when people come to you, I I feel like they've already been through, they've tried a, a, other options possibly. They've read the self-help books, they've tried the budgets, or they they may already have financial planners. What are they looking to get from the coaching? So for, for me, because I specialize in working with professional women in midlife, um, you're right, many of them have financial planners. Um, but there's still, meaning in investment plan in retirement, 
The biggest thing that I hear, Ella, is that they are tired of being stressed around money and they don't feel in control of their money. And they're also tired of feeling guilty around money. You know, like I said earlier, they want to feel like they can go on vacation and not beat themselves up that they shouldn't. We're so likely to feel guilt around the money we make, the money we spend and what we eat. I mean, women are made to feel guilt or question everything that they do. It's a decision that's made for themselves. Uh, Yeah, no, it's so, so, so so true. And, you know, I I think that um, men and women are different in in lots of wonderful, wonderful ways. But, you know, men um, tend to be a little bit more motivated by money. Again, it's, it's the game. It's the transaction. It's, you know, all this. Women rarely say they're motivated by money. But they're motivated by relationships, by connection, by potentially what money can do. And so, you know, sometimes they haven't spent a lot of time thinking about this thing called money um, until their 40s or 50s. And they're like, you know what? This is blocking me. This is blocking me from living my best life. So it's not so much about the money, and you and I know this, but it's about how do I live freely and breathe deeply. It's, it is ideally a sacred tool to live your best life. That's, that's all it is. It's not about the money. It's simply about, I want to create almost architect, if you will, my ideal life. And I I will say this is um, an interesting time thing because a lot of people don't like talking about money because they associate it with the past around debt or it's all about the future, save, 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 retirement, retirement, retirement. Okay, fine. But the reality is we don't live either in the past or the future. So neither of those are super motivating. We live in the present. So how do we use money right now to feel great, feel in control, feel like we're doing all the things that we want to do and live the life we want now while we honor the past and the future, right? We're not saying ignore debt. We're not saying ignore retirement savings. We want to all feel great. We want to feel like adults. I hear that a lot. I want to feel mature and adultish around money. Um, but what about me? You know, what about living my life right now? It's not all about other people and it's not all about the past and the future. It's your money. It's you've got that autonomy over it. And the key to to general happiness is living in the present. You can learn from the past Mm -hmm. and plan for the future and still live in the present day and enjoy the moment that it, the moment that is now. It's so true. You know, and you know, I know, and you know, and many of your listeners know um, that many women are behind in retirement savings. We read about it all the time. Um, women do not have as much money saved as men do. And, you know, so we read about this and it's very stressful. It's like, oh my gosh, let's just give up right now. Apparently we're so far behind. So I, I want us to feel like, no, we're, we're not behind. Women um, are very um, career growth oriented and financial oriented at a different part in life than, than men. We really have a lot of intense, wonderful, positive career energy, for example, in our 40s. 
So it's not too late that we, I mean, if I read one more article that says, oh, guess what? If you didn't start investing when you're 22, you're doomed. Well, how does that help you when you're reading that article and you're 52, right? It makes people shut down. It makes people feel like there's no hope. And that's not, that is not true. A lot of women are entering very, very powerful um, parts in their midlife. And there's a ton of positive things you can do both around retirement savings and around enjoying your life and not being stressed out. It's very true because I think fear is the most powerful way to keep you stuck. And these articles, maybe they're not intending to, but it sure feels like they're trying to implement fear into women, you know, women in their forties or fifties or women in my generation, millennials, Mm-hmm. We're always taught that, you know, we're, we're the doom generation. We're the lazy generation that, you know, we're just, we're, we're the problem generation. No, I, I, I do hear these things about the millennials and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like millennials are going to be who saves the planet people. We better be really nice to them. <laughs> You're like saving us. <laughs> we're trying to figure it out anyways, try to save the planet. I know. I mean, you're very, very, I mean, I, I am generation X personified. I am super generation X, right? Um, and it's so fun to think about the differences in in the generations and the gifts that all the generations have and the challenges that the different generations have. And when you have so much fear put in you, again, you and I know this, people shut down. Why anyone thinks that fear motivates? Have they never read a personal growth book ever? It doesn't work. Fear does not motivate. I mean, it, it will to a degree. It will make you run for your life for a short sprint, of course, in abject terror and fear. Yeah, but it might it's not a certain way. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so it's not it's not the right tool, people. But I do get frustrated because there are so many articles written um, that I don't think are that helpful, and they're also written sometimes by financial personalities that are not your personality. So they're great. They're given great advice that would have been great for them, but that doesn't mean it's good for you. I mean, we're all different and there's, there's no bad, wrong money personality. You know, nobody's wrong or bad in the way they're wired. We're just different. Very different. And we're going to be on different paths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And different that's things work for different people. And that's the thing with, I've learned that with any like self-help or any advice is when people are giving you advice, they're talking to the past version of themselves a lot of times, especially if it's unsolicited advice. They're talking to the past version of themselves. Oh my God, that's brilliant. That is so brilliant. Yeah, I've never heard it said that exactly. That is, I love that you said that. I have to, oh my God, I have to go write that down. It's so true, isn't it? It's so true. Yes, I, I remember... Just a lot of times, like, I guess in my 20s, I felt like I had a lot of people around me trying to fix me, especially like the dating life and, you know, what I wanted to do with my spare time. And they would tell me, well, you need to do this or, you know, you think this way, but you should really think this way. And it was really frustrating because it's like, okay, I feel like I'm not being heard. I feel like no one's really trying to comfort me or trying to, no one's really hearing me. They're just shooting all these advice at me. That's not necessarily applicable to my situation. Mm -hmm. And I think when people are listening to some of these so-called financial gurus, telling them what's smart and what's not smart to do with money, Mm -hmm. 
they're not really being, they're talked at. Of course, you know, they don't know the people listening to them on the other line. They're being talked at. But really, when you want to escape old patterns and build the life that you want, you've got to be heard. And, you know, in your situation, you're talking with your clients Mm -hmm. and kind of going on that journey with them because everyone's journey looks different. So you're seeing that journey and then you're coming up with a plan to quote unquote, escape those golden handcuffs. Right. Exactly. I mean, we want to be at choice. Everybody does men and women. Everybody wants to feel at choice. I'm living at choice. I'm earning at choice. I'm spending at choice. I'm fully in control of my money. I'm spending it the way I want. It works because I know that it works. We just, we want to feel in control. We want to feel clear and we want to feel confident. We just want to feel better. We want to be in control. Mm -hmm. Confidence will get you there. Confidence will get you there. Yeah, it's it's fun. I, I was thinking why I realized why I just said that. I the the book I'm um, in the middle of writing. That's the subtitle. The um, the three the keys to confidence, clarity, and control. Right. It's it's rising up from the money fog because those are the three that we want. We want to feel confident. We want to feel clear. We want to feel. Um, we just want to feel in control. Like I said, it's the most common thing I hear is women call me up and say, I want to feel more in control of my finances. You know, and and again, many of them have financial planners. So there's some big plan out there that they say for retirement and they still feel like, am I okay? How do I know if I'm spending too much, too little? It's just, yeah, I want people to feel... If your investments are risky, safe, if they're worth it, you know, it's... Working with financial planners, they're going to tell you different things. Oh, you need to get, find something that's a little more risky, you know, if you want a bigger reward. Or you can stay in the safe bed. You can do the index bonds and ETFs, but you're not going to grow as fast. It's like they're they're trying to sell you something and you just don't know what the best solution is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it is true. I've talked to many people that have planners that they don't always... Um, feel great about, or they've inherited a planner. But but that said, there are some amazing financial planners out there that I adore, adore referring to, you know? So, but, you know, it's like everything. It's a relationship. You have to trust the people. And you also really want to work with someone who has super good communication. Because if you can't, anyone who says to me that they, they talk to the financial planner and they feel dumb, that tells me, no, no. Because we're all smart people if you have a professional that's making you not feel very smart, that's on them. Yes, it is. And that can go with anything that can go with therapy that can Mm -hmm. go with, you know, even going to the doctor sometimes. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Professions. You want to be heard and communicated with not talked quote unquote talked at. Oh, it's true. I remember when I, my hair was getting so frizzy and I, I was with a new hairdresser who was like, well, wait, you've got curly hair. Didn't you know you have curly hair? How could you not know how to take care of your hair? How could you not know about these, pro-? you know, blah, 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 blah. And I thought, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. How did I not know? And I thought, wait a minute, I'm the client. Why am I, this person's making me feel so bad that I don't know how to handle my hair. I mean, it's a silly example, right? But, yeah. you know, it's like, 
how many examples of that are there? And, you know, again, we're all, in my opinion, very smart, capable people. When we have an area that we don't feel super confident in, that's why we want to work with someone to help us feel better and more confident. And obviously, you know, acquire a different skill set, you know, I mean, depends on what we're talking about, but it should be a very positive experience. Absolutely. And how can the listeners work with you? Mm. So I, um, like I said, I've got clients all over the United States. So what, what I would love is if there are, I'll just say again, who I love working with are women in midlife. They tend to feel like they're really rocking it in so many ways, but money is the part that's driving them crazy, that they're really um, stressed around money or they wish they felt more in control or they're in a transition. Like maybe they are just going through divorce. There's lots of transitions in our lives where money kind of comes up, right? So I would recommend that people go to my website, seattlemoneycoach.com, seattlemoneycoach.com. Again, I've got clients all over the place, but that is the website. Um, And just book a free discovery call. I would love to talk with them. I give everyone a free 20 minutes to see what's the one thing that's holding you back from feeling in control of your money. And there's lots of free resources on the website. There's free eBooks. I'll start, you know, if people don't want to talk with me, they can just go ahead and grab their free eBooks. That's got a lot of good stuff on how to be less stressed around money. Yes, there's definitely a wealth of resources on your website. And when can we expect your latest book? Oh, not soon enough. Um, So it's called Rising Up from the Money Fog, the Three Keys to Confidence, Clarity, Control. Um, I think it will be out in September. September? Yeah, I think so. It's it's been an interesting challenge because it is a shorter book. And I'm always, I I don't know if you've heard the quote from, um, was it Mark Twain? He was writing to a friend and said, hey, I didn't have time to write you a short letter, so I'm writing a long one instead. So it's so interesting to write a book that people can read in like less than a couple hours. That's like so tight and, you know, shorter than my first book was. So it's been a super, super fun, fun challenge, but hopefully September. Yes. And you've got a great story yourself that people can find on the website of how you became a money coach because you were an economics major. Mm-hmm. And then in grad school, so you learned the basics, the cut and dry, the economics, just, you know, the math around everything. And then you learned the psychology. I know. Isn't that funny? Yeah. My undergrad was economics and my master's was transpersonal psychology. Talk about different than my undergrad. <laughs> so I had this combination of, you know, the left brain and the right brain is what some people say, but Yeah. And then I met a money coach after grad school and I thought, oh my gosh, this is it. It was such a great combination of what nowadays, you know, you and I know it's called the psychology of money. No one used that term 20 years ago. Um, But, you know, the the practical side and the emotional side. So uh, it's been a really wild 20 years, but I have been coaching almost 25 years. So you were coaching before coaching was popular. I was 100% coaching before coaching was popular. Yeah, when I started money coaching, money coaching didn't exist and nobody used the term coaching. (laughs) So you've got a wealth of experience, pun intended. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's true. Yeah, it's been well. The, the downside was I spent the first five years of my career explaining what I did to everybody, right? Just because they're like, <laughs> what? What? What do you do? You know. So I, yes, I talk about my corporate job in social settings. It usually takes about fifteen to twenty minutes for me to explain it. Yeah, I bet sometimes you're tempted to say you sell Tupperware, so you don't have that long. <laughs> I'm a Mary Kay rep, y'all. Working right. on my pink Cadillac. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've had that temptation too because it's a longer conversation. <laughs> well, what advice would you like to leave with the listeners? Um, I think. Oh my goodness, there's so many. But what I feel like in this moment is, I just I want people to know that working on their relationship with money. First of all, it's a relationship. And so it gets to grow and change and evolve. And it's also a journey, right? Everyone is where they are right now. And I want people to feel like they're in a perfectly fine place right now. And the journey is unfolding in front of you. It's not an event, right? It's a relationship that grows and changes over time. And, you know, you're on the journey and it's likely that your money journey has been full of twists and turns and it's been probably, as some people say, maybe too exciting, right? Um, but it's a journey. You know, it, it's a journey. And so in my opinion, this is a wonderful form of personal growth to really engage in looking at money at this level. Really is. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your expertise. I know I look forward to seeing more from you. And Everyone go on seattlemoneycoach.com and check out the free resources. There's no reason not to. And learn how to connect with Michael Ann if you are looking for an amazing money coach. Mm, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It'll be just so fun to hear all the, I haven't even listened to all your podcasts yet. So only some of them. So I'll keep listening. Yes. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. listening to For Better Self and Net Worth. In this community, we think you'll find your self-worth comes before your net worth and everything else. We also think you were designed to go after the life you want by ditching societal norms, knowing exactly who you are as an individual, and going after your unique purpose here on this earth. Every week, Ella interviews an entrepreneur that designed the life they wanted among the challenges, naysayers, and leaving outside their comfort zone. Or you're going to hear straight from Ella, where she talks about the important lessons she's learned in life and how she's achieved the overall happiness she has. This is Ella, the host for Better Self and Net Worth. Based out of Nashville, Tennessee, she makes every single day an adventure. You'll always find her right here behind the microphone, sharing all her thoughts with all of you. And we appreciate you listening and hope you enjoy this episode.